What is going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday, and welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Betting Podcast. It was a lonely pod yesterday, but I got I got the boy back. He's, he's very sad, uh, really sad about his fantasy team, really sad about his Lakers, but he's still he's still here, bright and early, running the pod with me. Sargi, how you doing, sad Sargi? I uh, I listened to your pod in my uh, on my drive to my test, and I was like, "Damn, kind of sounds better without me." Shut <laughs> up, bro! I was so tired yesterday. I needed someone to to bounce off of, but I'm glad you're back, bro. I'm glad you're back. It, it sucks you you're back for the baby slate, but we got a big day tomorrow. So um, I got to do the usual recapping, bro. I. Uh, I originally was on four plays. I, I had Wizards minus four and a half, Suns minus three and a half, Celtics minus two and a half, and Knicks minus three and a half. I bought out of Wizards. Uh, that play was looking yeah, terrible. Yeah, why did you early. buy out of Wizards? I, I, I meant to ask you why. why you yeah, I, 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 it was stupid. I, uh, I thought I thought Buell was in when I locked it, and then I completely forgot. And the more I thought about it, I was like, I went back and watched a lot of that Pelicans game against the Grizz, and they looked – they look pretty good. Um, they look competent. They looked and, – and so I was like, huh, they might be turning a corner. It seemed like a, actually a classic buy low so high. Everyone was on the Wizards, and I was like, I'd rather just play it safe and, and get out of this. But funny – fucking funny enough, I actually got so lucky. So I hit Wizards minus four and a half, and to buy out of it, I hit Pelicans plus five. The Pelicans lost by five. So I actually won the Wizards minus four and a half and pushed and pushed the Pelican uh, plus five. So I actually made money off of it. I was so lucky, uh, but I'll take it. Um, and then I I really liked uh, Rockets minus uh, minus eleven or sorry Rockets Grizz minus eleven, but I, just such a large spread. I didn't have the balls, and I like Bulls minus one and a half. I feel like if we were on here talking about it, I would have felt more comfortable with it. Um, but like when, when you get up to like five plays, it's just always the fear that you go own five. And so I just try to limit it. Um, but end of the day, we go two and one can't be mad about a two and one day, uh, sons, literally you can make the argument, you know, the Timberwolves deserved a result there, but end of the day, um, Jay Crowder's at the line up two, makes the first one to put, get it to three misses the last one. Um, so we lose that one. Those are the, that's so tough, literally a free throw away, but. Again, two and one can't be too mad. Twenty three and twenty two on the season, um, and we're back today. I actually do have one play, a um, couple leans, but we'll talk to through these three games. Let's give the first one. Oh, I wonder day. what I wonder what your play is going to be on the slate where there's three games and the Warriors are on it. The Warriors plus three. Give it to me today. I I'm ready to go. Um, I, I've talked about it so many times, and I, I love to get your thoughts too because you aren't a Warriors fan. So, you, you know, maybe you have a little bit more of a level head. But um, I, I really just – I don't think this is a fluke with the Warriors start. I think they get every single game. You know, they get really consistently good looks, and, and sometimes they don't make them, um, right? That happens. It's a make-or-miss league. But I think in general, on almost every game, they are getting good looks. They're coming off a loss now. The Nets are going to be without Joe Harris, and I don't know, you know, how much of a difference Sapper makes, but Sapper's out too. Um, again, awful loss. You're getting three points. It, it implies a pick them. I honestly think, from what I've seen from both sides, I think we're slightly better than the Nets at this point in time. Nothing crazy. 
Um, but I, I think I'd have this closer to two, one and a half, uh, honestly. Um, and then the fact that we're off a loss and the Nets haven't lost in a long time. Uh, they lost the Bulls, but um, just makes me feel that much better. Um, it's it's also another game where, like, I don't think Steph and, and Draymond have any ill will towards KD at all, but, like, they really do get up for these games. They've talked. Uh, that's another thing I love about both those guys is they're so, so competitive and it doesn't matter that it's the regular season. Then like these are games they, they really, really want to grab and, and they're going to give really 110%. So um, I like the did Warriors you, getting uh, actually three today. I do. Did Go you, I, did you see the uh, Manning cast last night with Draymond on it and what he was saying about it? Dude, I actually haven't, the game today? I haven't watched football at all. No, but I would love to hear what he said. He was, yeah, on the he was Manning just talking cast? about well, yeah, he was on the Manning cast last night and Good he was kind of there to promote he's he's starting a podcast on Colin Cowherd's volume new podcast network. I love that. Um, and he's like, I get to run the show and do whatever. And he's having Michigan State's football coach on for his first podcast guest. But Good. nevertheless, um, he was just talking about how he's going against KD tomorrow, and it's his responsibility tomorrow to guard KD and get up all on his shit. He was talking about how he's got to be like the PJ Tucker and he's looking forward to the challenge. So yeah, that's, that's, that's be, the shit he gets up for, you know? Uh, yeah. He's going to be, he's going to be ready to rock. Um, yeah. I do think Joe Harris makes a significant difference because that's, that's a huge part of this team in terms of spacing for James Harden and Kevin Durant is having to do this 50% from three sitting in the corner or on the wing or whatever. Um, Patty Mills is going to fill his role. I don't think he's going to start. You're probably going to see Bembry, Bruce Brown get some more minutes. And those dudes are, are not even close to the type of impactful player on offense that Joe Harris is. So I definitely do think Joe Harris hurts this team. I'm seeing three and a half on Bovada and DraftKings Sportsbook. I like three and a half even better. Um, a lot better actually than wow. three. Yeah. Um, but you have a better read on the Warriors than me, and they are red hot right now. They are very good. Brooklyn is 10 and four. They've looked a lot better as of late. They have the slow start of the year, but I do think you have to give the Warriors credit on, on a neutral court. They are the better team. I do really believe that. Um, so and if you're out, you know, so and Joe Harris is out 100%. Uh, I think three is probably where I draw a line. If, if this, if you told me this game is a pick them on a neutral court, I don't really, I, I can't argue that. But if it starts getting like a half a point in the direction of the Brooklyn Nets, where it is right now, three and a half, I like three and a half a lot better. Um, but this, this Warriors team has been really damn good and they're so much deeper than I think everyone thought. Damian Lee's been playing great. Um, Gary Payton's been playing great. It would dollars plus minus is ridiculous. Yeah. Just the, the way he's been playing off the bench. The money elites is great. And Kaminga's been giving them really good bursts of minutes. And him and Steph have some weird connection. I, it's it's odd. He hasn't been in the league very long, but Steph always seems to know where he is on the court and just finding him. Like, I was watching that. What was it? Not the last. Maybe it was the last game. Oh, it was the Hornets. He had three straight possessions with assists to Kaminga. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Like, bam, yeah. bam, bam. I was like, what is going on right yeah. now? Like, and I was playing you in fantasy too, and Steph's numbers are just going up and up and up. Yeah. I'm like, how did him and Kaminga have this connection already? But um, I think Steph's making an effort when Kaminga is on the floor to find him and get him involved. But yeah. uh, I do like the goal. I, I like the Golden State side on this one for sure. I think what I was trying to say is Brooklyn's 10 and 4, but I don't think their record is necessarily as great. Like, they have been struggling. You take Joe Harris off the floor now, or they've been good in the in the last couple of games, but they were struggling before that. Um, they haven't played really great teams, but I, I think I don't know. I just think this Golden State Warriors team is better than this Brooklyn Nets team. Yeah, 
I'm with you. I'll take the extra again. I, I'd probably cut the line at one and a half too if you got that. But I, I guys, I, I really call me crazy. I do. I do think we win out or win out. I think we win this game outright today. I, I think this. It. I think it means honestly a lot more to the Warriors than it does the Nets. Like every time, ever since KD's left, we've gotten absolutely smacked uh, by KD and his Nets. And oh no! I know. Oh. I was going to bring it up after we were done, but. That's a good segue. Evan Mobley out uh, two to four weeks, I think I saw. Uh, yeah. Got hurt yesterday. I know. I knew he was going to be out a little bit. Um, the, this was about what I'd expect. And it it sucks, right, because the Cavs are are really playing good ball this year. I had Celtics yesterday, but it, it, a lot of it was just because so many injuries. I mean, you go down the line now, Mobley, Sexton, Laurie, uh, Love, now, down. now Moby got sick. Like they're doing everything they can down bodies and, and still hanging in there. But yeah, that's tough. I'm glad it's not like a season ending thing or anything. Hopefully he gets right and, and is back out there and as soon as he can. And I think we'll see the impact of, of, of him not being there. Like you'll see, they'll start losing basketball games and losing tight ones because he's not in there. I think people, will, it'll open people's eyes to like, damn, Evan Mobley is really having this big of an impact. Um, as a rookie, this rookie. And it's crazy. I saw an NBA scout, you know, they love the anonymous NBA scout thing. Jared Allen out for tomorrow too. Um, where he's like, it's crazy. Evan Mobley like makes you so much better on defense and on offense and you, as a rookie. And you don't really run, even have to run anything for him. It, it's, it's crazy. He just, him being out there just makes you so much better of a basketball team. So obviously a bummer, um, but hopefully, you know, He's able to recover pretty quickly. Um, all right, let's get to the next game. The Sixers are heading into Utah today. Um, Sixers getting 10. I I actually like the Sixers today. I, I know we talk about it all the time. It is very, very scary to fade the Jazz at home. And especially when you look, they've lost their last two games at home. They lose to Indiana outright at home. They lose to Miami without Jimmy Butler at home. So, you know, they're going to be locked in. But on the other end of things, like this isn't necessarily a slout. Like the Sixers have lost now four straight games either. So, you know, they're desperate to get back in the win column. I know Utah is very, very dangerous. um, And they're really even more dangerous at home. I like Philly getting 10 today. I, I really do. We've seen it so many times. They grind games out. And again, We've seen how it goes sometimes, but, you know, Niang, Korkmaz, Milton, Drummond, Curry, Maxi, Toby, like it's a team of grinders and they're playing hard as a group and they've lost four straight, but like kind of like with the Kings losing streak, like it's the Knicks, Bucks, Raptors, Pacers, all good teams. Every single game has been single digits um, and it just things haven't fallen their way. But like, I, I don't look at the four game losing streak without Joel and be like, Oh, this is a sign of what's to come. So I don't know about you personally. I, I think 10 is too much. I, I really do. Yeah, I definitely think 10 is too much. And I didn't realize this number was at 10. I didn't look at anything this morning. Um, so when I just kind of looked at it. I it, My eyes kind of, I was like, what in the, and then I looked at the injury report and I was like, oh, no Joel Embiid, no Danny Green, no Ben Simmons, no Thibault. And I'm like, that really Maybe. isn't, that's what it's been. You're like, that's yeah. what it's been like though. Yeah. And they're, they're hanging in with good teams and, I was I was on Twitter the other day and I got deep in the Tyrese Maxey 
thread, just like people going off like in a good way on Tyrese Maxey and yeah. people saying that he like legit is putting up all-star numbers in the last like five games. Like it's it's ridiculous to think about with the guys yeah, legitimately putting up all-star and Seth Curry is a damn good basketball player. Tobias Harris is a damn good basketball player. And as much as we hate on Andre Drummond, this is a, a guy that actually can impact basketball games when Joel Embiid is out for this team. Like, especially when you're going against a guy like Rudy Gobert and you need a big man to go out down there and grind with him and, and bang with him. Andre Drummond's that perfect guy. Andre Drummond is the perfect guy to do that. So um, I think 10 is too much. If I had to put it so, if this line somewhere, I think. I think I'd put it at eight and a half, though. I think I'd, I'd have Jazz. I think I'd have Jazz favored by eight and a half points. I think that'd be the sweet spot. That's exactly um, so where I, I'm at, too. I do think you're getting about a point and a half of value um, here for the Sixers. If, if you told me that the Jazz come out and sweep them and really, you know, win by 15, 16 points, just because they have had sort of a rush against the Pacers and they lost to the Magic a couple games ago, too, I wouldn't be too surprised, but. I do think there's just a, a good amount of value here on the Sixers where uh, 10 points is just too much. They've been playing good basketball for all the guys are missing. Exactly. It, it's just scary. We've talked about it so many times. It's fading the Jazz at home is scary because, you know, like in normal basketball terms, like, you know, they could stay – but the Jazz are just so prone to when they get going, it gets out of hand quick. Um, and, and the Jazz, too, you've seen – Jordan Clarkson's been cold. I know he had he, last game he, he finally started shooting the ball well and they played him at the end of the game. Um, but Bogey hasn't been hitting shots. Donovan has been not this, the Donovan that we know as of late. They're going to start – they're going to have one of these games, I'm telling you, where everyone's hitting their shots and they just destroy a pretty good team by 15. But I got to give the, the Philadelphia the 76ers some credit here. For and sure. – they, they should be able to hang tight. Ten is just too many points. Ten is too many points, for sure. I, I like them to – I like them to lose anywhere from, you know, six to nine, six to nine honestly, tonight. And so I, I will definitely take plus ten. I think I'll be on it. I honestly think I'll be on it, but we'll, we'll get there. Let's get to the last game. The Spurs heading into L.A., getting seven and a half. Um, I, I honestly make this probably six and a half, seven maybe. I do think at seven and a half, the values on the Spurs here today, Clippers are playing good basketball. And I think a lot of that comes down to Eric Bledsoe being unreal <laughs> for them. Uh, obviously, PG is going to do what he does, but Eric Bledsoe has been so, so good for them lately. Nick Batum has been really good for them lately. Um, and, you know, we talked about it. I, I always felt like the Clippers were going to come back at, at, you know, after that cold start at some point. I thought they were too well coached. Um, PG was too good of a player. And, and we've seen that, you know, pretty – Pretty quick, honestly. They, they've turned it around. They lost last game against the Bulls, but before that had reeled off, I think, six or seven straight. Um, the Spurs, on the other hand, um, we're kind of seeing who they are, which is uh, a mediocre basketball team that can handle uh, some bad teams. But against good teams, they, they're generally going to lose. Um, they've lost their last two uh, double digits to the Mavs. Lost by eight to the Lakers, but the Lakers controlled that game for the most part. I don't know why. I, I feel like in the past, and again, it's been a different team, so I don't know how much it matters, but I feel like the Spurs always play the Clippers well, um, especially in L.A. I just remember so many games where DeMar DeRozan and, and DeJounte Murray have kept that team close in games against the Clippers. But regardless, it's a new game. I do think the Spurs have the, the value here. Um, 
But I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if the Clippers cover this. They're playing really good basketball. The Spurs are playing meh, whatever. Um, I, I think I'm just going to stay away from this one. It's funny that you say that because I feel like the Spurs play everyone well when I think about it. Yeah, you know, like I, I always think about the Spurs playing the Bucks well for some reason. I see them playing the Lakers well for some reason. They do. I like, think it's just pop. I feel like they just they just sometimes like it's just the San Antonio Spurs are so well coached and you got Greg Popovich at the helm, but the talent just really isn't there outside of Dejounte Murray and Derek White. So I agree. I think seven and a half is. The value is is technically on the Clippers. I mean, on the Spurs, but I don't want to really play this game. I, I just two teams that have have been really tough for me to bet, just in general, or you have reads on. I've been wrong about the Spurs a lot, and I've been wrong about the Clippers a lot. I just can't get two good reads on these teams, and now they play each other. Yes. It's in LA. Um, the number looks a tiny big for me, but I'm not going to uh, to bet it. I this. It's a Spurs team, too. That you got Drew Eubanks playing center. There's no Zach Collins. Lawndale's missing. Podol's missing. Like I think uh, I think there's a chance Podol will be back tonight. He's missed the last – he's cleared COVID. Like, he's had the test, consecutive tests. He just – it's conditioning. Um, and he's missed the last – he missed the Lakers game from conditioning. And then they played yesterday and missed it for conditioning. So, I had to hope, you know, three, four days. Actually, I don't hope because I'm actually playing him. But I would guess he plays today. I just yeah, I'm seeing him for some reason. I'm seeing him out on the injury report. I don't know why that is. Uh, it could be wrong. I think they'll get um, a it's new on the one. In. Yeah, they'll probably get a new one, and and he'll be in, but or he'll be questionable. Uh, but yeah, if if he's in, that actually would change a decent amount for me, to be honest. Um, oh, for sure, for sure. If you could get seven and a half with Jakob in, it's tough to say that though because you don't know how he's feeling or you know where he is at coming back from COVID and how many minutes they're going to play. But if he's in the starting lineup, that does do enough for me where I think seven and a half would definitely be too much. And I would um, maybe want to hit it, but. Yeah. Um, is he, a difference maker for sure. He really is. And if, if he's questionable going to tip, I would just stay away. But if you get news at like three o'clock, uh, two o'clock, or I think this is the last game of the night, even if you get it at like five, six um, and you're able to get Spurs at seven and a half with plus seven and a half with uh, Jacopo. Oh, I think that's a good bet. Yeah, I'm. Um, so yeah, so to, to re to recap, guys, I am on the Warriors plus three. Um, there are definitely some spots out there where it's three and a half. That's huge. Grab that if it's there. Um, and then I, I think I'm going to play Sixers plus ten today. I do. Again, there's always the concern of a blowout with uh, with the Jazz, but um, Jazz aren't playing their best basketball. Sixers have lost four straight as well. They're going to be hungry. Um, I don't think this is a rollover spot for the Jazz at all. Would I be surprised? Would I be shocked if it happens? No. Um, but I think more often than not, the Sixers lose this by by single digits. Um, all right. Again, short three-game slate today, but let, let's get into some DFS. Who are you targeting at the top end? We got some really, really fun games today, but um, who are you prioritizing today? There are some fun studs on this slate, too. Like, I don't know. For me, at least, when I can play – a Steph Curry, a James Harden, a Kevin Durant in a game like this where I know it's going to be – I guess I can't say I know it's going to be close. But for the most part, this game should be very close and competitive, and these guys should play all their minutes. It's going to be fun. I think my favorite play is going to be Steph Curry. A, because there's no one on the the Brooklyn Nets that 
can guard Steph Curry. There's no one in the league that can guard Steph Curry. But I don't think they're just going to run the – like, it's not in the Nets' DNA to just run Steph Curry off the floor. Like, they're not going to just double him at half, I don't believe. Like, I don't yeah. think that's – the Nets are a team that's going to double him at half, force the ball out of his hands, and really, really make someone else beat him. I think well, Steph Curry – from teams, right? But I agree. Yeah, there, there, there's been many teams that do it to him, which is the right way to play him in, in a sense. Because when that guy gets going, you're just absolutely screwed. So – Steve Kerr, or Steve Kerr, Steve Nash, and this Brooklyn Nets team is not the team, I think. Um, now they're going to do it because I'm saying this, but they I mean, are not the team, in Steve my opinion, was that a, does this to step. You could be on the staff. So I, I'm curious. I don't know how he's going to play it now that I think about it. But, yeah, you would think there's teams that legitimately trap him in every pick and roll in that half. And there's teams that let it play it more straight up. And you see, when teams play it straight up, he, he eats you alive. So – I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I also don't think Steph – I mean, it's a three-game slate, so everyone's going to give it some ownership. But I just think the price is going to scare people off Steph, for sure. People people will play Steph because what I think is going to happen is there's going to be good value on this slate for, for it being a three-game slate because what I, I have a feeling people are going to eat up like Patty Mills, Bembry, guys like that. So you're going to have enough money to play a guy like Steph Curry. So I, I'll be interested to see where the ownership eventually gets to. But it's going to be very hard to play Steph Curry and James Harden and Kevin Durant. So you're going to have to pick and choose. And I don't know necessarily where the love's going to go. I would say my favorite out of the three is going to be Steph Curry because he doesn't have Kevin Durant or James Harden next to him. Yeah. Um, so I, I love Steph Curry at 10-9. He's probably going to be my favorite stud on the slate. James Harden and Kevin Durant are pretty interchangeable for me at their prices. Uh, I think Harden has the bigger upside just because of the assists and, and rebounds, but Kevin Durant gets there more often because he just is the more dominant scorer uh, at this point. And then I think a guy that's going to go under under owned is going to be Paul George because people are just going to eat up the Golden State Warriors and Brooklyn Nets uh, chalk. Paul George hasn't been good from a uh, – DFS standpoint, I've been all over him as of late. He kind of got there last game against Chicago, but against many um, Miami, Portland, Charlotte, he just wasn't getting there. So I think people are going to be afraid to go back to him. I think this is a spot on a small slate where the ownership might be lower than, than the three other guys that uh, Paul George could slip through the cracks. I love the Paul George. Um, and I know he's he hasn't gotten there recently, but yeah, it, it's coming. He's down a little bit to 10-2 from, you know, he's been up in the 10-5s, 10-6s. I love him a lot today. Keep going, though. Um, and even uh, DraftKings has Jakob Poto listed as out. Conditioning has been ruled out for Tuesday's game against the Clippers. Um, so that will open up some value here on the San Antonio side um, as well. I like Gobert's price at 7-7, too. The guy's too cheap at 7-7. He should be a minimum of 8K on these slates. Um, yeah. He's averaging 41 fantasy points a game. He not be anywhere below 8K. So – Gobert at 7-7 seven, seven is going to be really nice. It'll be interesting to see with roster construction how kind of this works out because when you have it, like I haven't built a lineup yet, so I don't really know like yeah. where I'm getting to in terms of some of these guys. But I have a feeling if I were to be building 150 lineups, Rudy Gobert would be getting into a ton of them at that price. Uh, while Drummond is a fair matchup for him, I think this is a spot where this game stays close, and Rudy Gobert is going to play his usual minutes. And the minutes for Rudy Gobert have been really nice. In close games, he's been playing close to 33 to 35 minutes, um, and the dude plays at an insane rate. So I love getting to uh, some Rudy Gobert at center. Uh, in terms of other studs, I think Donovan Mitchell right now is just a bit too cheap at 8,600 as well. 
Um, the guy's averaging 43 fantasy points your game. He should be priced closer to 9K, and we've seen it. Donovan Mitchell in close games will play massive minutes. Like, he'll go up and play 37, 38, 39 minutes. So, love the upside with Donovan Mitchell as well. And this is a guy that has similar upside to some of these big studs or can go out and score, you know, 60 fantasy points, and you don't have to play – or you don't have to pay the 10-9 or 10-6 price tag on, on like, the James Harden and stuff, Curry. I agree. I, I think for me, I'm leaning towards, you know, I, I have no issue stacking that stacking that game, honestly, because Philly Philly in the past has been a really good defensive team. And, I, again, I think part of it is Joel being out, but it's the offense that's been really good and the defense that's been lacking. And, funny enough, you look over in Golden State and, and Brooklyn, they both have good offenses but they both have really, really good defenses too. And so I, th- I could definitely see the Philly-Utah game having a much better game script and those studs like Tobias, Drummond, Gobert, Donovan are all miles cheaper um, than Steph, KD, and Harden. So um, I honestly think I'm leaning that way at the, at the top. Again, you're getting Donovan at legitimately 2K less than Harden, right? You're getting Gobert at almost you know 3k less than staff like i'd rather save the money there and then go for a little bit more balanced construction around them than kd harden and then you're trying to fit in you know bruce brown and deandre bambry who you're just you're asking a lot if you have both of them in your lineup so i agree then you can maybe mix in some paul george do you uh, do you have any issues going to Drummond today at, at eight seven? I I like it honestly at at eight seven. Yeah, it, it'll be dependent on his ownership. He was at nine k. I remember because that the last slate I played was actually on the thirteenth, the last yeah. game that 9K. Philadelphia played. He was chalk. Like he was. I forget was that was that slate big or small? That was on a Friday, was big. it not? It was big. And he was pretty chalky. And I was like, what in the hell? Why is Drummond at 9K being this highly owned? So I think on this kind of slate, maybe the Gobert matchup scares people away. But you got to think about it. Like the guy scored 50 plus fantasy points in three out of the game, uh, three out of the eight or seven games that Joel Embiid has missed this year. I think people are going to go right back to the well on Drummond. And this is a case where if he gets a lot more ownership, I'd rather go to a thousand dollar cheaper Gobert. But if Gobert is is more uh, chalky or has more ownership than than Drummond, I'd just rather go to Drummond. So it's just an ownership thing. Whoever gets yeah. more owned, I'd rather go, go to the other guy. That's completely fair. I think in my mind, I was thinking Drummond's quote busted the last two games. He's a grand more than Gobert. I think that more people would go to Gobert, but we really. Who knows? People Who knows? people love playing Andre Drummond. That's like yeah. another one of those guys where if you have the opportunity to play Andre Drummond, people go crazy with it. Yeah. No, I, I feel you. I And you're right. Like, he does get a ton of ownership. Um, all right, let's get to some value again. It's a little bit dry today. Um, your boy is, is popping in my model. Um, and I, I know you might have something to say about him. But Dougie McBuckets at 3-6. Um, starting again, he hasn't produced, um, but you saw even last game got 28 minutes. You'd like to think there's just going to be a random game where variance goes his way. He hits some shots, the ball falls to him off the boards here and there. So I I don't hate him at three, six, uh, obviously Bruce Brown, Drew Eubanks, Georges Niang, Patty Mills, Hartenstein, anyone else standing out, um, 
for you today? I think Eubanks is, is the most interesting play in terms of GPPs, depending on ownership. I think the guy has a big ceiling. Um, we saw it against Oklahoma City. He's played 22 or 24 minutes, one of the two um, in between the last five games. So you know exactly how many minutes the guy's playing, assuming no fouls or he doesn't get hurt. He's going to play 22 or 24 minutes. Um, he had a 37-point fantasy game against Oklahoma City where he had 14 and 11 with three blocks. Uh, last game, he had five blo- five rebounds, five assists, two points, didn't have any blocks. I think that's where you see the upside with Drew Eubanks at 4-4. I think he's going to be my favorite value play if you're able to play him um, alongside of like a Rudy Gobert just because I think the ceiling is big. You could get a 40-point fantasy game from him um, where I don't think you're going to get that from most other value on the slate. So I think Eubanks is going to be my favorite depending on where his ownership gets. Uh, but Patty Mills is going to be complete shock because of the last game he had. Um, I think you can go to a guy too, like Joe Ingles now down at four, three, it's not a sexy play at all. It doesn't look good, but if he's able to earn a couple extra minutes, which at times he is, if he's playing well, they'll put him in there um, for a guy like Royce O'Neal or a guy like uh, Bogdanovich, um, just depending on kind of game script. But I like some, some Joe Ingles who will slip under the radar. Same thing with Hassan, man. Like if something happens to Gobert where he picks up a couple quick fouls and you see Hassan Whiteside able to go in there and play, you know, three, four extra minutes, he has 26 to 30 fantasy point upside in in very limited minutes. And on a small slate, you can win it by getting um, Hassan Whiteside in your lineup and just playing the foul game, you know. Um, Similar to, to Whiteside, you can play a guy like, Hartenstein, you know, if something happens to to uh, Zubach. But, like, you saw it against Minnesota. Guy played 25 minutes, had 40 fantasy points. He's just a rebound gobbler uh, and a stat sheet gobbler. So, um, Hartenstein is, is the same thing uh, as Whiteside. Perfect. I agree. I will say, guys, so, again, I think on, on sites like this, the public tends to gravitate towards more of a studs and duds approach. Um, and I honestly like fading that whole approach today. I really do. There's a plenty of guys in the middle prices that I think have decently large ceilings. So when you pair them with like a Donovan, a Tobias, a Gobert, a Drummond, you could still even get one of Steph Harden or, or uh, KD and play a lot of these middle guys. And I'll go through some of them. Uh, we got LaMarcus at 4-8, getting a ton of minutes. Uh, in a pretty damn good matchup against the Warriors. Derek White at 5-4. Shake Milton at 5. Furk at 4-6. Right, Someone on Philly, other than Tobias and Maxi is going to have to score. I don't know who it's going to be, but if one of Shake or Furk have 30, that doesn't shock me at all. Dad Young in that 5-3 range again. Uh, Jordan Poole in that 5-9 range again. Conley 6-2. Jackson 6-1, you know? Like Vassell, even 4-7. Batum at 5-9. There's just so many mid-range guys that I see um, that have an opportunity to pop. And I don't think a lot of them are going to get ownership because we're going to KD builds and Steph builds. And and I think a lot of people want to go the studs and duds approach, especially on a small state. They want to guarantee themselves points. Um, I think that's the way to, to play today's slate if you're trying to take it down. Um, all those guys that I mentioned, I think have pretty good upside with decently low ownership. I think, uh, that is one of my favorites. Again, he doesn't get super, 
owned. And really, since Jakob Pertl's been down, he's hit value in five of his six games, right? Like, even Luke Kennard at home, I know he's a little bit cheaper, but uh, Luke Kennard in home games is has huge upside if he's making his threes. Um, Jordan Poole has had now three straight whatever games, but before that we've seen 47, 39, 32, like now is the time for me to buy. So um, I just think that's the best way for me to approach it. Uh, Burke and Shake, I know you like both of those guys too. Um, any, uh, any other guys we're missing or do you have a guy in the mid range? Yeah, uh, I, I really like Jordan Clarkson and I was on him lastly on the 13th. He helped me out a ton. I had a lineup pop a lot. I forget exactly what it was, but I had Jordan Clarkson um, at no ownership because the thing with, with Jordan Clarkson is if there's no, uh, if there's no Donovan Mitchell and no Mike Conley, then, or one of the two, he gets uber chalk. But on days where those guys are both playing, no one plays Jordan Clarkson. So I wish he wasn't coming off a 37 point game because he might get a little bit more ownership than, than um, you might think, but He's a guy that his minutes can jump to 28, 32 if he's shooting the ball well. <laughs> Even if he's not, last game he was four for 13 from three. But when he's on the court, he absolutely chucks the ball. Like, it's hilarious to watch because he just, every time he touches it, he flies it in the air. So I love Jordan Clarkson at 5-1-2. The upside is 40 points um, coming off the bench. So I, I really like going to JC a lot as well, just depending on the ownership. Like, if it remains around 10 to 15%, I think he's a really, really nice play. Um, and in the same vein, I see that Terrence Mann is questionable. And I know that, uh, Kyle already said that, oh, Terrence Mann is hurt, but I don't know that he actually misses this game. If he's questionable going into lock and then you're able to put him in your lineup and then switch around it if he gets ruled out. But if he plays, he's going to be completely unknown because of that questionable tag. So that's a nice little you know, kind of set it. And if, if he's ruled out, maybe you switch on to Vassell in the same game, um, who's the exact same price and plays the same yeah. position. There's plenty um, of options. There's plenty of Exactly. Um, one last guy I'll mention, and then I'm, I'm good, um, is uh, we mentioned it in the betting side. Eric Bledsoe has destroyed value in four straight games. He's had 32 at 4'9", 39.75 at 4'9". 36 at 4-7 and 31 at 4-3. I still don't think people will play him because it's Eric Bledsoe. Um, and he's up to 5-2 now, which is a little bit more. But if he's going to continue to play the way he is, 5-2 is too cheap. So um, you can tell he's just playing with a ton of confidence right now. I like Eric Bledsoe today at 5-2. I don't think he's going to get ownership despite everything that's been going on. I think it's just going to be because he's Eric Bledsoe. But he's He's in a rhythm right now. He's getting these minutes. Tyloo's going to trust him because of how he's playing. Um, and I think that's a decent leverage play today, too. Especially if man's out. Um, all right. Anything else you want to touch on before we go? No, and if man's out, too, it's Kennard. Same, same vein. Should get yep. more minutes. Yep, for sure. All right, guys. Warriors plus three, Sixers plus ten. Uh, you guys know what to do on DFS. Good luck with everything that you bet and play today. Sergeant, Sergeant and I will be back tomorrow with a huge, I believe, 12 game slate. So, very, very excited. Uh, let's get this money today. And thank you for tuning in. Peace.